first on this show? Fuck yes, welcome to After the Hype. With me, your host is always Brian Dressel. With me, as always, is Jonathan Hardesty. Woo! Ron James. Fuck yes! And Chewy Darso. What is a men's rally? <laughs> <laughs> now I have to leave something from the beginning. Thank you. <laughs> no, you don't. That's true. It's going to be more of a non sequitur. Uh, special <laughs> guest today, we have Sean Bono. Am uh, I pronouncing it Bono. Bono. I've known Sean for years. Oh my God, I've always said your name is Boino. So have I, yeah. See, I know, but Boino. you dropped the I'm e like sorry. Yeah. It's I, actually <laughs> pronounced Boner. <laughs> Sean Boner. See, yeah. last, so, at least I you can said get it's, one, it's Bono? Yeah. <laughs> last night in the chat, I was like, Buono? Buono? It's that like, you. That you yeah. really throws I know, everybody. Throws everyone, I mean, it's like Sunny Bono, but we're better skiers. Like, <laughs> like too, you don't go into third countries. You joking again. You don't go into third world countries and give them sandwiches and talk about how wonderful you are. Um, that's the other Bono. Yeah. Like only only on the weekends. Like yeah. that just happens. Um, yeah. yeah, but yeah, I've known Sean for years. He's listened to our show. We've we've actually mentioned him on many episodes. Huge of fan. Thank you to Sean. We have. Like major fan. <clears throat> of the pod. And I just realized today, it's like, wow, thanks to Facebook, I don't have to say any of my friends' last names anymore. It's like, (laughs) well, shit. (laughs) That's going to be an awkward conversation. Or, like, remember anybody's, like, email address or anything like that? Phone numbers, all that stuff. It's fucking Facebook has really made it so I don't really need to remember anyone's birthday. I know, and it terrifies me. Because I'm like, what if I, like, delete Facebook and I have Alzheimer's? I'll never remember anybody's celebrations. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's awful. Uh, And then other guests today from our Femme Ghostbusters movie, we have Michelle Dunback. What? Hi, it's pronounced boner. <laughs> Michelle Boner. <laughs> We're like twinsies. <laughs> I'm ski? the Mary. <laughs> oh, already with the quotes for this one. I'm so excited for this episode. Hi, oh. guys. Hi. Hi to all my fans. Really good to be back with you. Yeah. Hashtag boner. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag boner. <laughs> yeah, that was our most highly downloaded episode. Wow. Yeah, people really wanted to hear us make We're fun of We're not sure if it's just because of you or if it's because of the rage <laughs> towards the movie. Yeah, We're going to give you all the credit, though, because we're yeah. nice. I um, have I have Kylie Jenner's fan base, so that you're welcome. Oh, oh there you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was recently taught who that was. <laughs> have a Pepsi and calm down. I was like, <laughs> why is she famous? It's even less of a reason than Kim Kardashian. One has a lip what? kit and one has a Pepsi. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> uh, all right, well, let's move into a, a where have you been doing. I uh, will go first. I have been reading Superman and action comics. And if you have not been reading Superman or action comics right now, you are just doing yourself a disservice. It has been the best it has been in a very, very long time. Superman Reborn, the most recent story that was all about the merging of New 52 Superman and uh, Rebirth Superman was both amazing, emotional, and one of the greatest things I've read since Rebirth has started. Go pick these books up if you've ever enjoyed comics ever or even remotely enjoyed Superman this is the story that will bring you into it. It's so, so good. Even if you don't, I think it's magical enough. Oh, it's so good. And I haven't been reading it, but I like the covers. Yeah, and the, the main villain is Mixie Pitalik, which you don't see like at all anymore. But thanks to Supergirl, I finally He's on it. Supergirl, yeah. He, he yeah. was so cute Facebook, on Supergirl. And Facebook, you don't have to say yeah. his name. Well, no, and well, thanks to Supergirl, I now know how to pronounce his name. Yeah. <laughs> Mixie Pitalik. That was a good episode. It was yeah. a really good episode. Yeah. That guy was great. Yeah. Uh, Supergirl, I am your one true love. <laughs> yeah, they're knocking out of the park with their villains this yeah. year. It's been really good. Um, but that's it. I'm not going to say anything else because I don't really want to spoil too many more things in there. But seriously, it's the best it's been in a very long time. Very you're, exciting for DC fans. You're a huge nerd, Brian. I can't believe what a big nerd you are and you read comic books. <laughs> I've been reading Venom. It's really good, too. 
<laughs> they finally made Venom an interesting character again, and he's like, uh, I always loved the concept and the artwork, um, but he never did anything cool, and now he's, uh, they're writing it in a way that like this this new host is actually talking to the Venom character. Who is Venom right now? Uh, Lee something. It's so, a totally new character. Okay. Yeah. When did it stop being Flash? Uh, just before this new oh. run. Yeah. It was Flash Thompson for a long time. Space Venom. He's kind of an evil entity again, which is cool. Yeah. I liked the Venom planet. That was cool. Yeah. This is yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, go ahead. You're going to edit this out, right? Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just us. Who was listening about? Sidetrack. Chiri, uh, what about you? Um, I haven't been able to watch too many new things this week because I've been prepping for uh, my Burbank art fair that I'm in. So that's my... Uh, plug slash where we've been doing. Uh, I didn't think I was going to get in with my friend Laura Solomon, and then we got approved. Whee! So we're going to have a booth at the Burbank Art Fair this coming weekend, if you guys can attend. And we're going to be selling our photography. Uh, her photography is largely based on her mannequin, Beatrix. And my photography is kind of just based on my observational this i guess lots of nature yeah lots of nature lots of kind of like things standing on their own looking somber around in the space because i don't know i find that very appealing in none of me setting. i'm very upset about this <laughs> well, well she I only did, takes pictures of nice looking things there was a couple of you that i was thinking about <laughs> so but I, honestly i just stayed away from photos of people's actual faces because mm. i didn't want all the time standing yeah. off to the distance right. that's where that's how i usually am yeah <laughs> it'd be even better if you were somewhere tiny in all of her photos yeah <laughs> just sneaking just, in each one while she's sleeping at night you photo shop yourself in it's like here's this wonderful skyline and me i'd be so upset especially if you didn't oh, save it as no, no. a separate file if you saved it as the main file you overwrote it yeah <laughs> photoshop yourself it. into the clouds no. yeah. this is how marriages end <laughs> like photoshop you just... your bearded face into the clouds staring down no, just just the beard is one of the clouds <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> hey Brian, let's let's, uh, let's meet up after this. Uh, yeah, yeah, we can make it work. I got I got some Photoshop. Perfect. <laughs> but yeah, so that's kind of like my wherever I've been doing pitch thing because I've just been trying to figure out how to make our tent look pretty. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. You guys should all come by. It's yeah. next Saturday and Sunday. Correct? Come spend your money. And if this is coming out Thursday, photos. it'll be in two days from now. Yeah. So yeah, it should be fun. Uh, John, what about you? So I was digging through some old videos on YouTube like you do, and I came across one that I had actually received back in the day when I was subscribed to Nintendo Power, of all things. Yes. Speaking Absolutely. of going back in memory, you know, memory lane with this movie, um, it was for Star Fox, the advertisement <laughs> for the game Star Fox that was to come out, and it was a... Like for Super Nintendo? For uh, Nintendo 64. Oh, this is the new console terrible. that just came out, and Star Fox was just coming out, and they were adma uh, advertising this new feature called the Rumble Pack. Oh, yeah. I remember the Rumble yeah, Pack. Yeah, yeah, so the uh, advertisement has Such this jet fighter pilot land in front of Nintendo... And then Sega and PlayStation, they have shirts saying well, who they are, uh, come up and kidnap them. And they interrogate them, trying to find out the secrets to Star Fox. And they use a torture device on a Mario doll to get him to talk. And it's really funny, because then he finally does and starts advertising the game, which is really cool and has rock music on there. And, and all then, so then... Our secret is we use rock music. Yeah, yeah. So then... Uh, we appeal to the youth. So then they try to uh, get the secret of the Rumble Pack out, but he doesn't know. They never told him, so they went and got a scientist from uh, Nintendo. They sneak in there and have like a chloroform pizza, and they bring him in. And <clears throat> as, you do, as, as you do, how long is this ad? It's like twenty minutes. <laughs> it, is, it is. It is the weirdest thing. This is like, real time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to be fair, I would totally be lured anywhere if there was pizza. Yeah, which is, yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's really funny, but at the very end, they give you a lineup of the rest of the Nintendo games coming out, and you just kind of get this like look at all these unfinished versions of the games to come out, like Legend of Zelda, Ocarina of Time, and Goldeneye. 
but like the beta versions of those. Nice. It's a really fun video. If you can find it on YouTube and you can just watch it. It is like 20 minutes of just old school fun. Or you, maybe you can post it to our website. I was going to say, you can ah. even share it for us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I should or you could give the listeners homework. Or we could hand it to them. <laughs> <laughs> just like homework. Yeah. <laughs> you go earn your gold star. <laughs> uh, Sean, what about you? Where have you been doing? So uh, I've been doing a couple things. Um, I wrapped up uh, a couple weeks ago. I did the West Hollywood scavenger hunt. So that was very fun. It was crazy. We were just running all over Los Angeles, taking pictures with random people. We had an entire group of people do the Spider-Man thing, like with the pose. Yes. Um, and so it was kind of like a photo scavenger hunt. And then um, this past week, I just finished Little Big Lies. Is that right? Mm-hmm. On, um, Big Little Lies. Big Little Lies. Is it Little Big Lies? Big Little Lies. Well, that's Big the Little prequels. Lies. Big Little Lies. Um, and that was actually a really good show. I was I was astonished because I hadn't really heard anything it. About was it was weird because it wasn't on my radar much other than seeing billboards for it here and there. And then once it... <clears throat> when people were done watching it essentially my facebook was full of people going oh my god that ending la 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 yeah it's like, what, crazy was this a thing for me to actually pay attention to right it's, and it's only like, seven episodes so it's very like doable and yeah, is it not, is it a series or is it like a mini series like is it's it a like, mini it's a mini series so it's self-contained yeah. it's just self-contained they've episodes. talked about doing a second season but i mean it's based on a book and the first season is the book so uh, that'd make it tough, yeah. <laughs> they'd have to make it up completely yeah i know and it's like it, the characters are so great but it's like a uh, yeah it's I, I love that show so much it's that's awesome it's nice to see nicole kim and doing things that people enjoy again yeah <laughs> exactly we, we recently had a conversation of where the frick is nicole kidman <laughs> but you remember when she was she's crying thing? and Found lying her. yeah <laughs> well it's just weird that like a lot of us get our, our news about TV shows from the billboards here. I don't think anyone who listens to that that's not in L.A. appreciates that. Oh, yeah. Right. We learn about shows and movies from the billboards we drive past, yeah, not from TV. that drive by us. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Michelle, what about you? Where have you been doing? Oh, man. Well, I'm gearing up to start uh, Drunk History Season 5 Woo! on Monday Woo! with Chewy. Me too. Woo-hoo! <laughs> yes. Not me. It's the reunion me tour. Uh, we'll be filming our, uh, our reenactments, the fun part. Uh for the next three months so i'm excited i've been gearing up for that and then watching wise i've been crying alone in my room to 13 reasons why i've heard it's great and then i've also been told not to watch it um here's what i'll say it's it's totally worth the watch you should be 100 percent prepared like a huge part of uh you know the mystery of the show like it's it's like kind of billed as like a murder mystery but like you know all along that this girl commits suicide but you don't see it until the last episode and it's just like it's just like heart-wrenching but like I think it's just a topic that needs to be talked about and the show is flawed but like it's a very it's a very interesting way to get kids to like be more self-aware and understanding like I don't know, like the the teen culture that isn't like Romy and Michelle's high school reunion. Yeah. Like it's a little bit deeper than that, and yeah. so um, I it's I would just say be prepared. Like I cried through the last like four episodes. Wow. So especially in high school, like everyone had a moment. Someone killed yeah. themselves when they were in high school, and it would- or a lot of people are associated by proxy to somebody that's committed suicide. Yeah. And this is and it also uh, takes a really not to get like super serious, but like it takes a really deep dive into sexual assault. So, like, mm-hmm. I mean, it's good that our entertainment can be um, consumed and have a message and still be entertaining. Like, it's still, they still kind of play it like a murder mystery show. So, it's still entertaining, but like, it has some deeper themes that's like hmm. out there. But you can watch it in like two or three sittings and move on. And are each episode's one it. hour? Yeah. Yeah. 
and definitely like the pilot of that episode totally changes after you've seen it because like now mm-hmm. you're just looking at it like oh this is why everyone's acting this way like it's yeah. really it's a really great show interesting I will watch it at some point it was one of those ones where it's like I had so many people like oh it's so good just don't watch it just don't <laughs> watch I mean I don't want anybody to watch it because I know how like how affecting it was so like uh, you know yeah. it's hard to like put somebody else in that position yeah like it's good for you if you need like a good cathartic cry like definitely watch it but I don't think I do. I don't, I don't think we need to watch that right yeah. now. Yeah, Specifically I, I the us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we, we just lost two of our very close little pets. And it's like, yeah, I don't think I need a cry yeah, right now. I have enough of that in my crying. own life. Yeah, yeah, maybe wait a week or yeah. two. Yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. And I immediately turned it off and watched the pilot of Bates Motel, which is like the opposite show. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, murder. wow. This is like. Uh, Talk about whiplash. It's pretty yeah, corny. Yeah. I li- I'm enjoying it, but it's like corny as fuck. I was like, wow. <laughs> I hear it's a show that you kind of, if you're willing to lean into it with everyone else it's great yeah if you're not it really falls apart yeah it's it's a journey Um. (laughs) i'm only like three or four episodes in (laughs) i had somebody at my old job who used to leave it on his tv so i watched like half of a few episodes i actually kind of enjoy it i just never went back and watched it It, yeah Hmm. it's harmless enough um all right i think we should move on to today's episode uh three days from now from now not when you're listening to it now now recording this movie celebrates a 20th anniversary and the world is so excited, right? God, I right? feel old. <laughs> the world of me. Yeah, I, the Times Square countdown clock is yeah. finally hitting its <laughs> 20 years. People cannot contain their joy <laughs> to celebrate Romeo and Michelle's high school reunion. <laughs> Watch out, Tucson. I got a phone. <laughs> uh, this was an episode that Chewie had asked me to do a while ago, and I said, no. <laughs> and then it took a lot of... Oh, right. the patriarchy. It, it took a lot of, like, well, it's celebrating the 20th anniversary, and it's going after an audience that we don't usually go for in no. our show because we do just do a lot of nerd and like we've done super chick- film yeah. stuff. And so we've we- done chick flicks, but this is a very like specific type of chick yes, flick. Yes, it is. Well, we made our chick flick uh, show to alienate chicks. Yeah, I feel, like, I, I feel like that episode was designed to alienate. Yeah, it said our friend of the show, Samantha Garrison, who just listened to our chick flick episode, going, "What the fuck?" It's like, okay, yeah. If uh, we can cause accidents on our show because of people shouting, "What the fuck?" Sam, Sam has gotten very mad at me saying yeah. that I do not appreciate a very important genre of film. And I'm like, it's not that I don't appreciate it. It's just that it's not necessarily always for it's me. It's just that it sucks. <laughs> right. Uh. But this type of movie, oddly enough, I really enjoy. Oh, I get it. It's like when we like bad action movies because they're bad. You like this movie because it's bad? I mean, it's not. I don't think this movie's bad. <laughs> Uh yeah, me neither. Uh, we'll get into it. We will that. get into it in a second. Uh, so basically, the reviews for this movie it came out, and a lot of people really, really enjoyed it, and a lot of people really, really didn't. It uh, it, it Mike problems. Uh, it ended with a a fifty two on Metacritic, which granted Metacritic wasn't a thing in the nineties, so who really knows what it was like? Because they're just kind of basing that off of you know whatever current reviews, um, probably. Get yeah, selection bias there. Yeah, yeah. It, it's you know it's fine. Um. I'm looking up how much it made. It, it it didn't do great, which is probably why they didn't have a Romy and Michelle's, you know, 15-year reunion or something. And they didn't uh, do the sitcom that they were thinking about. Yeah, and they didn't do the sitcom. Like, there, there are some things that were going to come from this movie, and it never really happened. I th- this was a movie that I think had a lot of life once it hit Blockbuster. Um, specifically Blockbuster, because it was the 90s. Um, <laughs> but in peace. I was a Hollywood video girl. I don't know about Oh, I also else. had Hollywood video, <laughs> but uh, I, I kept a movie way too long, I and I owed them 50 offer, bucks, yeah. and I was like, well, done going there. <laughs> <laughs> That's not how much movies cost. <laughs> I know. I held that thing for like six months. 
Uh, but yeah, may so, they rest in peace. Yeah, I, I don't miss them that much. <laughs> <laughs> they never got my money. Bye, Felicia. No, we're good. We're good. Uh, so yeah, so this movie ended up making a whopping twenty nine million, which I guess probably wasn't that bad. It just wasn't enough for Buena Vista to go. I'm sure do they made one. their money back. Yeah, I can't imagine this cost more than like fifteen million. Yeah, and then I'm sure on the home video market, it made plenty more because this movie had a big following the second it home vid- hit home video. Um, but before we get too far into it, I think it's time for a breakdown, breakdown, breakdown. Uh, and this time, I, I really feel it's important, since it's Romy and Michelle's high school reunion, to have two people do it, one of which is named Michelle. And that just kind of worked out. So Sean I'm two L's. Romy. Michelle, two L's. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't it spelled two L's in the movie? No, it's, it's not. One. It's one. She schooled very, me on that uh, only very, very quickly. That. It's very, it, I, it actually is very important, and when we break down the movie, uh, it's very important to her character that she's missing an L. I think think it shows that she's missing a little something else in her in her life. Um, All right, so you guys ready? All right, all right. Let's do this. We have two people going at the same time. John, are you ready? Uh, Romy and Michelle's high school reunion in 30 seconds. Go, 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 go! So, so this like, is Romy, Romy and Michelle, like and they're not in the A group. They're not in the B group. They're not really in the C group either. They're, go to their but high school they're reunion, but then ready to go to their high school like reunion and prove that they've been. I can't they hear anything, they Sean. Like, well, that's because I have a deeper voice. Um, they realize that they haven't accomplished anything, so then they like go back to high school. I just want to lose some weight and get a good job and find a boyfriend. And then, and then um, there's everybody Christy finds out that they Masters. lied, and then they have a oh fight. Oh my god! But then everything's what are better you? at the end. And <laughs> at least we didn't like, get fat. We're pregnant, you halfwit. <laughs> and everything's great because Sugar Daddy. And we're out of time. <laughs> You're the. I'm the Mary. <laughs> I'm the Mary. You're the bitch on her deathbed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not Jewish. Uh, I think. I think that was the single worst breakdown <laughs> I've ever heard. <laughs> but. You got, I mean, yourself. Between the two of them, they got the whole plot line. I mean, well, Sean did the plot line, and then Michelle just quoted the movie. <laughs> the but that it was the brilliant. Movie. Yeah. yeah, the spirit. It, we it had, like, worked. A synergy. I will call that a success. Uh, I don't know why, but maybe I'm just feeling nice today. Uh, so that gives you both a chance to make fun of me if you'd like to. You get one free insult to throw my way, which everyone turns down, but you don't have to. I'm just saying most people turn down. Well, I don't like you very much right now because you don't like Romy and Michelle. So, <laughs> fuck you, Brian. That works. <laughs> Sean? Dirty Dancing was a great movie, despite your bad opinion. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm the one My who defended that movie. At an all-time high. No, wow. I defended that movie and I said I loved it. I know you did, but <laughs> we did have many conversations years ago where you're just like, why? You like Dirty Dancing. That's not a great movie. I've still I never seen it. I on it. Okay. I've changed my mind. <laughs> flip flopper. <laughs> Wait, dirty is that even flopper. an insult? Wait, dirty is that flip flopper? Is that even like an that. insult if you don't hate it anymore? I don't even know anymore. Well, I think it sounds like a failure to me. But anyhow, <laughs> so I think we should start talking about this movie. Uh, Love you, Bray. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So the the thing with this movie, and usually with movies that we do from this long ago, I like to talk about kind of the where you remember coming to it. Um, so do you remember your first encounter with, I think Ryan's was yesterday. Um, yeah, no, I remember my first encounter. It was back in the 1997 or eight, right when it came out and there's, I saw the, the beautiful poster, which is right in front of us. And it says, Romy and Michelle. Okay. Already. I'm, I'm not relating to these characters. (laughs) High school reunion. Okay. I can get behind some high school, but not the reunion part. Okay. This movie's probably not for me. And then uh, flash forward to 20 years minus three days later, Brian's like, hey, Ryan, you got to watch this movie, Romy and Michelle High School Reunion. 
And I was like, why, Brian? Why? <laughs> Which is his, also Twitter, his handle. Twitter handle. <laughs> <laughs> now I know where he got it. That's how and, we respond uh, to him. At, yeah. at, at the end, I said the same thing. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, I I was I had a very different reaction, which was I was a child, and my sister, who made me watch a lot of the movies I watched growing up, uh, both positive and negative. This one might be a little more negative, uh, but it was pretty much just like she'd want to rent a movie, she'd watch it, and be like, Brian, you're watching this with me, and I was too much of a pansy to go. No, I'm gonna go do anything else. And I was like, Well, my sister said I have to watch it, so I'm gonna watch it, and I would sit down and just watch any movie with her. And this one we watched, I don't know how many times. Um, probably too many, <laughs> but I saw it a lot and I was never a fan. It's made you the man you are today. It, I'm oh. sure it had some impact on yeah. it. No, it, I'll give it this much. It made me a Janine Garofalo fan. Oh, heck yeah. At a very young age. I'm like, it's oh, a great like Janine Garofalo role. Yeah. yeah. You, uh, you like her. You, you, it made you a fan of her, but you still have a crush on Sorvino more. Oh yeah. Hmm. For sure. <laughs> why, <laughs> why Brian? Do you like my voice? <laughs> It does things for me. What can I say? Uh, Chewy, do you remember your first encounter? Uh, Excuse me. As in most of the things from my youth, I really don't remember. Uh, Like I've said to people Whenever you say that, this makes it sound like you were like a rabid drug addict. I I wish that was my excuse. I came clean in the year of our Lord, 2001. (laughs) Like I had a run-in with somebody that knew me from Columbia yesterday, and I'm just like, I'm "I'm sorry, I just don't remember you. Right here, dude. I blame it on my ADD. Like that's really the only, either that or I just have a terrible brain. Because I remember emotions better than I remember actual events. (laughs) And I remember always feeling giddy about this movie. Whenever I see a poster, whenever I see the characters, the, the fashion from it, it brings me a ton of joy. And I definitely, I don't know if I saw it in theaters, I probably did. Uh, I was still in middle school. Like, I was in the eighth grade when this movie came out. And it prob- I probably saw it because I was excited about going to high school. And I'm like, and it was, it's so deep in the 90s while yeah. also being deep in the 80s, which is two things I <laughs> love. The fashion <laughs> is so terrible. I, I've always been attracted to terrible fashion. I don't know why, because it just makes me happy. You know, we, I like seeing gross things that also like. Explains so much why she picked me. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, I would never wear anything they wear in this movie, but I love watching them wear it. So. I just really enjoy this movie. Nice. (laughs) Nice. Michelle? Uh, I do remember going to see it at the theater. I do remember walking out and being like, oh my God, there was a 25-minute dream sequence, which is crazy. (laughs) 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 But I always enjoyed it through the years. And then um, I have a friend that this is her and I's inside joke movie. And to the point where it's like, um, we are indistinguishable. We yell that I'm the Mary at each other all the time. Um, and then the, I think the other like iconic thing that I'll always remember is I'll never get in a car and not yell, watch out Tucson. Um, I say that regardless of me loving the movie, I think it's like one of the most quotable like quotes that I'll, that I take, have taken with me over the years. And every time I get in a car, I'm like, woo! Watch out, Tucson. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I I just I'm on Team Chewy on this one. Yeah. I love this movie. So yeah, and I mean definitely I'm relatively new to this movie. So I remember when it came out in '97. Of course, I was a boy in middle school, so it's like uh, I don't really want to see another movie about dumb blondes. I'm good. And then when I was in college, there were a lot of people that would make references to it, and they'd be like, Oh my God, you're like Romeo and Michelle, and I was like. 
I have no idea what that means. Sorry. <laughs> and then I saw it like a couple months ago because it was in my Netflix queue and was like, oh, okay, sure. Like, we'll give this a whirl. And I remember laughing, but I don't remember the movie. So um, I became more acquainted with it yesterday in preparation for the podcast. And I love this movie. So you never, yeah, you're never like, man, fuck that movie. It was always kind of like, well, I like it, but it's kind of like adjacent. I was, like, I was I, always aware of it. You enjoyed it, but it wasn't like on your like top ten. It's list like I was always, aw- it's kind of like Sarah Palin in a bookstore. Like I was aware that they existed, <laughs> <laughs> but I never actually <laughs> ventured into it until very recently when someone told me I needed to see it. <laughs> I will say that I do think that it is um, quite jarring as a first viewing because yes. of the weirdness, the weird dream sequence. Um, you like, know, like the yeah. I think that it's definitely like a third, fourth, fifth viewing like kind of movie where you really start to love it. Because I don't even think I initially was like, this is the best movie ever. I think I was like, that was weird. And then I think <laughs> over the years watching it, you start to like, you know, discover how iconic some of the dialogue is and and just the the idea that it's like it like Chewie was saying it like spawns multiple generations like it feels 80s it feels 90s it feels relevant mm-hmm. like today like, like kind of thing absolutely. i'm gonna talk about that because it's yeah well we- really quick john do you remember did you see this before i made you watch it no no <laughs> but i had heard of it i've okay. always known about it and it's that movie that's like when people are referencing are you talking about clueless no this like i've, I've kind of <laughs> right. there's a there's a blurred line there i liked it when i was asking people about it and jandy went oh i definitely seen it i liked it i went through a huge uh, phoebe phase yeah <laughs> So I watched it, and I first time watch, I loved the weirdness. So like everything you were saying, like it takes three, one, two, three viewings. I was like, I'm on board. Yeah. Like when she's in the dream sequence, like, oh, you're just flying out of the car. That's okay, cool. <laughs> that's me. That's me for the weirdness. I was like, all right. And then anything. Well, and it's, said, it's what you don't expect from like a chick flick. No, it's no. like the 25 minute dream sequence is like so weird that it to fit in this movie about girl friendship. Like, but it's it's doing things that I always say that I like in yeah. these movies, like just one after the other I'm like oh I like this thing in movies I always say I like this thing oh I'm in I couldn't find my top <laughs> what <laughs> but I mean like even in that dream sequence like it's you the first time you watch it you're just like wow I'm starting to get heartbroken halfway through this because they're really growing apart as people do and then at the end of it when she goes no you're the Mary you're just like oh my god like what is happening this is amazing and then you get back to the high school and you're like okay good they're gonna be friends again. Yeah. Like, but I mean it the, something that they do in this movie really well that I didn't see in like a lot of other movies like Clueless or Mean Girls is just like at the end of the day these girls have each other's back like even in the dream sequence this is surprisingly a big girl power movie because Clueless was ended up being about getting the guy yeah yeah and like in this one it's like even though they're fighting in the dream sequence and they still have that rift and they talk about having this rift they still like at the end of it are like oh well like I'm imagining her having this wonderful life like separate from me and it's like that's still nice instead of saying, oh, I hate her. Like, I hope she's like not doing well. And it's like, you know, it's, I, I thought that was very powerful. You got so much more out of this than I did. <laughs> <laughs> I do agree. I think the dream sequence is the most impressive and best thing out of the movie. Cause the movie is, it's a tight movie. It's an hour and a half. Yeah. And it's been 25 minutes in that in a left turn, like, nope, didn't happen. It's like, that's a ballsy move. Like that's <laughs> you. I don't think there's many movies today that would pull that move. No, like, yeah. they would make well, it like a five-minute dream sequence. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know what I noticed about this? I've, I've been uh, paying attention to the um, Ben Garant and Tom Lennon school of writing, mm-hmm. like the online and stuff, and uh, it really stood out to me that like the inciting incident of this movie takes place 30 minutes in. 
which is, oh, we have to go back to our reunion, you know? And it's like, wait, that's what this movie's about? What have they been doing for 30 minutes? <laughs> so the, the movie is bookended by 30-minute chunks of nonsense time. Yeah. <laughs> More like it fan service be a terrib- for people that like the play, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it should be a terrible script, but the well, writing is really I actually really want well. to reference yeah, really well like the reasons that I think that this was really tight script because of that. The director... I'm finding his name. David Merkin. David Merkin. Uh, <laughs> was a Spring uh, Springfield <laughs> Simpsons writer. Yes. Like he didn't really do too much uh, outside. I mean, I looked at his IMDb. He worked on a lot of television, but mostly like his deep credits are related to The Simpsons. Uh, and even they even have a sequence in this movie where they're watching The Simpsons at one point, which is really funny. That makes a lot of sense. It <clears throat> feels very non sequitur like yeah. The Simpsons. And the writer, Robin Schiff, is a playwright and a screenwriter. And I, I have a story about this because I went, Cinespia did a 20th anniversary of Romy and Michelle's High School oh, yeah? reunion. About, they were too early. About three or four weeks ago. <laughs> I went with, and it was a full 90s prom. Oh my god! So I went with three of my friends. Um, like the concessions were the businesswoman special, <laughs> and like all the candy you could eat. Um, and Robin Schiff came out and introed the movie, and she said, "I wrote this play called Ladies' Room, and Romy and Michelle were two side characters. They were like the Rosencrantz and Guildenstern oh, yeah. of mm-hmm. of the play. And f- f- everybody that saw the play goes, man, you got to write something that's just about Romy and Michelle. Like they're just so iconic that you remember them when I'm watching this play about other people when they enter you understand their friendship and you want to hear more about their story and Mm -hmm. that's when she wrote the movie um and so like it's it's interesting how something you may not intend you know she didn't write this movie just to write this movie she wrote this movie because she got reaction from these characters in a different work and so I think that's really interesting that like um, people people like noticed it and asked for it and that's why so listening it's why, to your yeah. audience yeah and, like it's very smart of her now, did uh did the same two actresses play Romy Michelle in the play too or no, no. okay well, I thought I thought I'd heard that somewhere. well just Lisa Kudrow because right. she yeah. Kudrow like, had been the, in, okay yeah because when when the play um when I, I did some googling too uh when the play had <laughs> opened in 1988 in West Hollywood hello um <laughs> uh. Uh, at the time, uh, Lisa Kudrow was at the Groundlings, and she was taking classes there. Okay. And she had actually known, um, I think, it wasn't Robin Schiff, it was, no, I think she knew, um, uh, she knew somebody, I wrote it down somewhere. Um, anyways, but she knew someone who, like, basically got, was like, oh, you should be in this thing, this play, whatever, and, like, she'd been playing it since 1988. So, I mean, for me, like, this, this may be, like, why it seems a little more niche, because it's, like, this is definitely, like, a fan service sort of thing, yeah. but, like... Um, oh, sorry about that. I'm not talking to the mic. Um, <laughs> but, you know, at the end of the day, like, this is something where, like, she'd been playing this part, like, really regularly, like, before um, before she would actually play Phoebe and Friends. So uh, that was something that surprised me when I was looking this up. That is pretty interesting. I, it, this, I can understand why people are really into this movie. Like, I get oh, it. Yeah. But, like, there, there's things that I'm surprised that, Say like John, who just saw it for the first time. Like it, I, I really, I agree with Michelle. I think this is a rough first time watch, especially now, because mm-hmm. this is a very '90s film, and I don't yeah. mean that like it's like so steep. And in the I 90s. think any '90s '80s movie that's really out there is a hard first time watch yeah. in a modern society. You, yeah. Yeah. you get used yes. to the it's pacing, entire... you get used to the dialogue. Yeah. Like it's just, and this one already has odd dialogue for the '90s. And everybody in our generation already has their favorites from those yeah. eras. Right. Eras. So like, like my roommate's never seen The Goonies, and it like breaks my heart. 
apart because I'm like, oh my god, That's like travesty. I can't, I can't even like speak with you. <laughs> but I also don't really want him to watch it in modern day and right. then hate it because I'm like, I'm, it means so much to well, me. Yeah. 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 yeah, and so I think, yeah, and I think a lot of a lot of 80s and 90s movies, like people, people like pull their love for them based on how they were feeling at the time that they watched them. Sure, yeah. And so like it's hard for somebody in a modern day to go back and feel the vibe that like Chewie and I might may feel because we love that movie in 19 in 1997 well, specifically yeah. and that's of course. kind of what drew me in when i was watching because it it's that vibe and it's a vibe we don't have now so it's like it kind of feels like home even though i've never seen the movie but i've gotten that vibe in a lot of those movies and i remember just that feeling like, weird for weird's sake we're gonna do a dream sequence whatever yeah. it's kind of like a hey yeah whatever and then just stream of conscious from your like dialogue it I mean, I, I felt re- comfortable in it. It was it was interesting for it, having never seen it. It's interesting to me because it's like I saw Sixteen Candles really late in life. Same here. And was like, this is weird. Like this is crazy, kind of crazy. And I, I, but I love it now. But it's like a multi. I also think it's like a multi viewing kind of movie. And it, I, I think a lot of. I just think it's like the '90s, man. Like '90s movies are fucking weird sometimes because <laughs> like the economy had endless money, and yeah. they're like, sure. The why optimism not? of the '90s yeah. is extreme. Yeah. Like uh, everything pre 2001 is so happy Absolutely. and like we're going to be great guys things are great it's going to keep going great. our yeah. president's getting his dick sucked it's awesome yeah. <laughs> everyone's getting service <laughs> it's really girl power yeah. believe in yourself as long as nothing's going to hold you back <laughs> earnest that's that's, that's yeah. what it is it's, it's earnest and it telegraphs that in the beginning and i miss i kind of miss that in that uh, in this age of like ironic detachment that we have yeah yeah, yeah. And i miss that earnestness the one thing that I really appreciate of this movie is that it, you know, I love bromance films specifically, and this is a bromance film, but it's a womance film, yeah. more, of course. It doesn't roll out the tongue as well. Not at all. Lady bromance. Uh, it's, yeah. But it's perfect. Bromance. It's 90s. It's 90s. Yeah. It's a bromance yeah. film. Uh, I love that. And it's kind of like how I love the other guys so much which is another movie that you keep watching again and again, and you get more quotes out of it. You get more joy out of it. They're so stupid, but they're wonderful. And that's how I feel about this movie. They're so stupid, but they're great for each other. And I always want to quote it more and more after I see it. I mean, the we should talk a little bit just about Romy and Michelle. I feel like the we, we keep talking about how we feel about the movie, but we should talk actually a little bit more about the movie. Um, for people who haven't seen it for whatever reason, they really probably did. You should. get our thirty second breakdown. Uh, now yeah. you're caught well, up. Yeah, now they yeah, know we everything. Summed it up pretty well. Yeah, <laughs> if they could understand any of that. I applaud them. Um, <laughs> but I, I I agree with what you're saying. Like this movie is really just about friendship at its core, and I think as much as I tune out during the movie and pull out the laptop or play a game on my phone because I'm not into it. I really respect how well they do the relationship of the two of them. I think it is near flawless. They're ditzy soulmates and they, the beauty, like one thing that I can attach myself to very different characters, each one, like there's, I see a part of myself in almost every character in this movie and Romeo and Michelle is my stupid flighty self. Whenever sure. I'm like, oh my God, it's so bright and terrible. I want that. I'm like, I'm not a pink wearing girl, but I can still appreciate pink. I own some pink things. I'll never wear them, but I like looking at them. Mm-hmm. So um, I just want to say that like the other episode I did Ghostbusters, yeah. my biggest criticism of that film is that I thought the female friendships were f- very flawed and you didn't really they understand. They felt fake. Yeah. yeah, they felt fake. They didn't feel like they even liked each other and had yeah. this history. And I feel the absolute opposite of this film where it's mm-hmm. like, um, you know, in the quieter moments, uh, you know, 
Romy is pulling magnets off Michelle's back, you know, because she cares about her. Um, And then Romy is always looking out for Michelle because Michelle's obviously dumb. So (laughs) Romy's like, I'm always going to be looking out for her and like, you know, that kind of thing. And and that you appreciate, you understand why they're friends with each other. They would jump into the portal to the nether for each other. Exactly. You'd believe that. Yes. But but in in like a world where a lot of these kinds of movies have like very surface female friendships, I think that it, this one runs deep, and you like understand why the characters are friends. Yeah, they it, really want each other to be happy. Which um, Romy's the one that didn't really be- believe that they were cool in high school, mm-hmm. and Michelle, I didn't never, know we weren't cool. Yeah, she yeah. just <laughs> thought she would, they were great. Like yeah. in general, like she is a. No nonsense self-esteem, essentially. I mean, she has such an idealistic view of the world yeah. that it's it's just very refreshing because it never changes yeah. through the whole movie. She I wants mean, to shop. She yeah. wants to make things. And, yeah. Um, yeah, and even even from the very beginning of the film, you just see Michelle like, I'm in my happy place. Like, <laughs> you know, I'm, you know, rooming with my best friend. We live in Venice. Like, we're doing this stuff. Like, who cares if we haven't They're succeeded? living the life in Hollywood. Yeah, yeah, and like, I feel like this entire thing was a journey to kind of bring Romy back to that place place and like michelle was really the best character to do that because it's just like this is someone i've known for like most of my life like of course i'm gonna reel her in if she's like feeling sad about this and i disagree a little bit i I don't think that it's about bringing romy back to that place i think it's about meeting in the middle Mm because i I think it's like michelle's way too far in la la land and romy's way too far in like cynical like i thought life was going to be better land Mm -hmm. and it's more about like okay we both need to let that go and kind of meet in the middle and that's why like they have their store where it's like okay i get to run the business and i get to do this and i get to be in charge and michelle's like i get to fold scarves yeah and (laughs) it's like it works like it it kind of brings them both out of their ruts and kind of makes them both more complete people that's (laughs) and that's one beauty where i could see that a lot of us right now can relate to this in a different way kind of because they're 27 27 or 28 uh well 28 it'd be 10 years right yeah i mean some people were 17 when they graduated but yeah whatever. brian jesus um, i'm sorry <laughs> so ages but especially kind of like in our age group right now i know a lot of us are in our 30s but we can still kind of relate to it of like this is not exactly where i thought it was going to be right mm-hmm. uh i didn't go to my 10 nope. year reunion <laughs> huh i said nope anyway. i was agreeing with you sorry <laughs> I didn't go to my 10-year reunion because Facebook has made it where you don't really need to go to reunions. You kind of know where everyone is. But even so, I can guarantee I'd still have that urge to be like, all right, I need to look like I'm together. I need to look like I know what I'm doing and I'm successful and everyone will look at me and be like, oh, she's so much better off. Right. So that feeling still stays. So I totally understand Romy's need to be like, crap, my life's not that cool. I need to fix it. I need to change it. Yeah, but like, then I also look at it from Michelle's pers- perspective and be like, "Well, I'm not a house owner like I thought I was going to be. I don't have kids yet. I'm running, but I don't know. I still actually live a pretty cool life, so I should be happy with it." And it's, it's relatable, whether yeah. or not it's. I mean, it's, it's ultimately a- about acceptance. It's yeah, acceptance of uh, who they are as people and like wh- why they embrace like their kookiness and their their like offbeat outfits and that kind of thing. They end up just fully embracing by the mm-hmm. end. Like, we make ourselves, like, literally. Yeah. They literally make themselves well, up. Well, it's also about, like, not letting other people's judgment affect yeah. what you're going to end up doing. Because they, you know, they feel like they need to impress these people that they don't even relate, you know, see on a daily basis. They're... It's the stuck-in-the-past yeah. mentality. Yeah. And then yeah. they... 
And I, I think like this movie, it kind of takes the idea of a high school reunion and turns it in on its head because it's really it's this thing where we face nowadays with Facebook with fear of missing out or FOMO where, you know, you're constantly looking at other people's walls or other people's things and getting bombarded with the cool stuff other people are doing. And back in the 90s, we didn't have that. So this is something where it's kind of taking that idea and showing how absurd it is about, you know, look how unhappy all of these other characters are at their high school reunion. They're, they're all putting, pretending to be happy, though. Yeah, exactly. And they're putting on this like, you know, fake face to show like, oh, well, he's an entrepreneur. He's like a real estate developer or something. And the guy's like, yeah, I just like put drywall on the house. <laughs> and, and, and his attempt at looking <clears throat> fat by sticking out his stomach. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I think that's that's where emotionally the pair of them really like sell this movie for me where they just bring this into yeah look how fake all this other stuff is we're happy in california like whatever but then there's characters like uh, janine garofalo's character who is I successful yeah who has created her own business and has money obviously and drives a lexus and well, is very unhappy right now, but, yeah. Yeah. but she, she still like is obsessed with the idea of sandy fink yeah played by alan cummings oh, i love him so much good. he was so yeah. good uh, in this movie uh, the, frink- no, the frinkazoid yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no janine garofalo's character i i the it's really one of my only like storytelling complaints I have with this movie. I don't buy that she would have gone. Right. I, I don't see her making the trip to go to the reunion because she is successful and she doesn't really care what any of the But she has that the whole point of the of the reunion is that everybody that's attending the reunion has a chip on their shoulder, right? Yeah. So yeah, like sure. yeah. so right. I think the idea that her like she's successful, she's she's moved on, but she's always had this chip on her shoulder about never exploring what she could have had with her high school crush. And sure. that's yeah. a huge motivation for her to be like and like Chewie said, this movie existed in a time period without Facebook. She couldn't stalk Sandy Frank on Facebook. <laughs> She yeah, had yeah. to go to the reunion to actually see him. And, and I don't fair know. point. Yeah. yeah. So I don't think <laughs> she would have gone if she hadn't run into Romy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll give you that much. Yeah. Um. But I still think she. The, the thing is, if I'm watching this movie, if for whatever reason I watch it again, I'm watching it for her because yeah. she cracks me up the whole way. Yeah. Through. Like every time she tells the I don't remember the actress's name the uh, from the practice to shut the fuck up. Oh, Cameron, <laughs> Cameron yeah. Manheim. Kills me every time. I love it. It's like, oh, and like she's the only reason this movie's rated R. It's because yeah. Janine Garofalo keeps telling people to shut the fuck up. And that's yeah. really, because Iron That is- Toby, one, fuck off. Yeah, fuck off, Toby. <laughs> and she's another character. So good. Well, I see a very specific part of myself in her character, like my ah. angsty, angry part of myself who felt like I got bullied in high school, but then- once I got older and looked back, I'm like, wait, oh no. I was, I was mean. the bully. <laughs> I was mean. Yeah. No, that's, that's a great, that's a very fair right point. Yeah, yeah, that's a very fair point because it's like she didn't, she never knew that she made Michelle, you know, Heather's life miserable yeah. while the A group was making Romeo and Michelle's yeah. life miserable yeah. and, and Michelle was making her life yeah. miserable. So it's like a whole chain of progression that all these characters that seem so different are all like tied together. Yeah. And like for in, the same reason. It's very specifically in high school, you're really stuck in your own head. Yeah. And yeah. you really feel isolated all the time and you're, everyone else is like, kind of out to get you except for michelle michelle didn't understand that at all <laughs> um, god rest and, her and then you know they go to the reunion and they both all have like these realizations yeah and one of the things that i think is a fair point where you said where ryan said something about like oh high school i like high school but reunion that's what lost me i think the reason why this movie works is it reunion is 
perspective. Reunion is out. Like the good things about this movie are, and the and the really fun sequences are when they're in high school when we get those like throwbacky, mm-hmm. um, the prom where they're dr- all dressed like Madonna and so like, much pastel. Yeah, <laughs> but like the idea of characters growing takes ten years of perspective, and so they can have this journey and go back and reanalyze and be more self aware yeah. and that kind of thing. It's actually it's a really interesting thing of like I remember talking to my parents about high school reunions. She was like, "Oh, you'll go to yours, but it's." before the internet happened mm-hmm. and they always they were telling me like the five-year reunion like it's basically just high school again yeah and then it's the 10-year reunion you start seeing people have Change. really changed and started becoming their own things and because of facebook we don't see that yeah and nope. it's a little bit i don't think we do it as much no. because we're all perpetuating our own like, adolescence or whatever um but like, this movie i think does a really good job of that whole like yeah you don't necessarily change but you should. I mean, just think about it. If um, she, if Robin Schiff was inspired to write a movie about these characters, why did she choose to to do it this way? Because she could have just done it sequentially in hi- them in high school, right? Mm-hmm. But like the reason why this movie works so much is that we get two different sides of the coin, and we get a character journey. Um, you know, f- to go back f- for them to go back and reanalyze their life, and then they end up for the better. So like. Because if you just watch them in high school being very offbeat and then the end of the movie is them moving to Venice, like, oh, man, like, I've seen that movie before. Mm-hmm. And so I think the idea of flipping it and it's it's just kind of a different perspective and nobody does things like that. Yeah. And it's it's interesting to me as well, because it's like, it, like we were talking earlier about the origins of this in a play. And it's like you think about these two side characters, Rosencrantz and Gildestern, and it's it's when you look at Romy and Michelle, it's like, well, what's their story? Is there anything more besides these like you know flighty these flighty banal kind of conversations of like oh hey oh my god like you know i'm blonde and i'm in la like a stereotype (laughs) and you kind of turn it in on this of like let's actually explore these characters and see like how they became this or like how they grow if if they're a cliche with depth yeah Uh, we should talk a little bit about alan cummings like (laughs) oh alan cummings we we mentioned him briefly but he's my second favorite part of the whole Sandy movie. Sandy Michelle. Yeah. Michelle. <laughs> There's so much about him I enjoy. My, I my favorite thing about it was this joke is how I discovered what boners were. <laughs> <laughs> like why he kept walking around with his notebook. Because I, yeah. I remember watching. His huge notebook. Yeah. The, <laughs> they the have movie, to point out. I think it was the movie Indian Summer where it's about like camp counselors. Very similar to this where they come and meet up with each other 10 years later. And he tells the story about how he saw the girl and he had woken up with morning wood that morning and then duct taped it to his leg. <laughs> saw the girl rip the tape off Ooh. and I remember hearing that going I have no idea what they're talking about <laughs> and then this movie happened I'm like alright I gotta figure this shit out mom <laughs> <laughs> I like how your first place is to like go to your mom they're and talking about his penis I, I was curious <laughs> yeah, I didn't know where else to go and then I had a very uncomfortable conversation <laughs> but I understood the joke <laughs> Not to mention 97. I was 11. I probably should have figured it out on my own by that point, but whatever, you right. know. <laughs> we all learn things differently. Sure. You have a boner by the time you're 11, right? You might, but it's not like a... It's not, it's not a, a good one. It's not, it's a, not good a good one. one. <laughs> it's more of like, did something bite me? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It grew. <laughs> yeah, being a young boy sucks. <laughs> yeah. But... What was us? The, the Sandy Frink character... There's multiple things I love in about it, and it's one of the things that'll bring me into the other thing that I have mentioned that I love about this movie. Um, his character is like the epitome of sploosh, essentially, of what can happen after high school, of <laughs> yeah. like the nerd who no one liked, 
suddenly inventing something and then being a the richest kind of man rubber. in the world. Yeah. A special kind I of rubber that. that they're using in all of the shoes. Yeah, yeah. For condoms. yeah, yeah like, like for condoms? But yeah. then again, he's like the nerd who is super successful, but he still wants his ultimate prize and he's not going to be happy without Michelle. And well, and and honestly him and Heather are on the same character arc path. Like they're both they're both after something ahead of them. So Heather's after Sandy and Sandy's after Michelle. Um, and there's a weird irony in in that with them both end up being successful inventors. I, mm-hmm. I love that inventors is and it ends up being like what is successful in this movie too. Is like <laughs> you're not there's so many inventors in our high school class. <laughs> like, can you believe it? And it, it's like kind of crazy that that's what they just de- they determine is peak you know yeah. profession in <laughs> coming out of Tucson, Arizona. Yeah. It's like we all have to be inventors. Like, come on. But uh, but like, the I, I like what you're saying where they're both like both chasing after their ultimate prize, but also like that Janine Ruffalo's character sees him and goes, ugh. Yeah. <laughs> That's <laughs> no, no who thanks. I was obsessed with. <laughs> yeah. right. and, like she has the quickest arc and because of that, because she doesn't well, really need to explore much. She immediately goes, oh, I, I didn't need to be into that. I'm I done. Made a huge mistake. <laughs> yeah, I made but, a like, huge mistake. Like speaking, but, but, speaking from personal experience, I know I've seen recent photos because of Facebook of like my high school crushes and I go, well, I don't know what the fuck I was thinking. I mean, there's, <laughs> there's a huge yeah. irony in the fact that this movie couldn't exist in a post Facebook world. Oh no I mean, way! Honestly, it's yeah. it. There's a reason why it's stuck in time yeah. in 1997. Yeah, because she could have looked up a picture of Sandy Frank and been like, "Man, what am I doing?" Not like, going but, to that. But, yeah. but but your like idea of like who somebody was 10 years ago yeah. that you can't li- physically see is very interesting because it's, very it's just so not relevant mm-hmm. today. Yeah. So it just like kind of lives in its like time, and that's where it stays. And that's why I wonder how well this thing will age in say another twenty years. Like, well, like, and I always wonder like how am I going to explain to my kids like uh, like cassette tapes, like things like that that are so like technology being so outdated. Hell, even CDs. CD. <laughs> yeah. I still don't understand eight tracks. Exactly. So it's like it's kind of crazy that they'll never like they'll never know what blockbuster video is they'll never know what a high school reunion is without you know like knowing i don't know high school reunions will probably just be like facebook uh event things even like when people try to invent me invite me to those events to buy candles or whatnot on facebook (laughs) where there's like a y'all get together in the like comment section and buy candles i'm like that's gonna be a reunion i mean even post-it notes are digital now yeah (laughs) And not yellow. And yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like I can't think I because of like Facebook and the internet, I would never go to a high school no. reunion. Yeah. Like yeah. I'm gonna go to the Quad Cities. <laughs> Fuck off! Like, no way. It's it's really <laughs> though because of distance for us. Even if we if still I was, lived in our even, hometown. I was in Chicago during my five year reunion, and like no. That's a three-hour drive. But it's like even the, even the people you just want to see, even if you don't have that high school crush on them or whatever, you still want to see what everyone's doing, right? Like yeah. you want to see if the most popular girl in school is like a mother of three, or and or if she ever became that famous weather caster or whatever. <laughs> um, I've done that on Facebook, where every now and then I look up people that I'm not even actually friends with on Facebook because yeah. I don't like them anymore. But you're just right. but I'll still go to their Facebook profile every now and then be like just to see what they look. I like. mean, there's a curiosity <laughs> yep. about about people that you were kind of forced to grow up with yeah. um, high school is like you don't choose who you can choose your friends that are in direct connection with you but you're kind of in this community um, where you're forced to grow up with these people and so you know who people are by proxy um, and you I don't know curiosity man yeah, yeah and it's it's weird that this movie can capture all of that in this 
pre-internet way. Like it's yeah. like it's a really cool like it is a really cool snapshot of something that even we like and I feel old at 30 like we are too young to understand it. Yeah. Like like we just missed that cutoff. Like we are like that age group where it's like, well, it just didn't work out that way. But and it's interesting. It's a tight ninety minutes. It is. <laughs> yeah. It's... Movies aren't like that anymore. Oh, I, I I when I saw the runtime, I was like, oh oh oh, I still, I, I, still have a, this. Yeah. I still have an evening after this. Even, <laughs> even and twenty five minutes of that is a crazy dream sequence. <laughs> even the two thousand five sequel. Yeah, there is a sequel. It's Romeo and Michelle in the beginning. It was a made for TV movie. Uh-huh. Uh, was two hours. Wow. Wow. I don't know why everyone's slaved to that two hours at this point. There's so many movies I've seen that I'm like, it didn't need to be that long. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, by the way, in that movie, Catherine Heigl played Romy. Ooh. Nope. Ooh. <laughs> Shut um, it down. The other, <laughs> the other thing about the 20th anniversary thing that I went to where the playwright was there was Mira Sorvino was also there. Really? Yeah. And the applause, so the they had like a 90s prom and drinks and stuff like that for a couple hours before and then they showed the movie like late, like at 9.30. And so the guy co- comes out and he goes, and I'd like to welcome the woman who's going to be introducing our film, Mira Sorvino. And a, like a bunch of drunk Romeo and Michelle fans were just like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and like lots of loud screaming and I like one of the first things out of her mouth was um, you know I've been acting for like 20 30 years and I can't believe that this is the movie that really is like my claim to fame yeah, in a way not even and, she's, she won an Oscar and she's an Oscar winner yeah. so it's kind of I think she was like I think we're all surprised by the fandom and the fact that it has stuck around so long that somebody wants to show a screening of it and it's packed um, and well and, she, it's, and it's ironic that you know we can't have that high school reunion thing anymore we, we've lost that with Facebook but because of the connected age that we're in now the fandom can grow. Yeah. Right. This, yeah. If, if that still existed now, we wouldn't have these screenings in the park. I mean, so the, it's, it's so yeah. ironic that yeah, it twists right. around like that. Yeah. Did she wear the dress? She didn't. But she's, <laughs> she said that Robin is thinking about writing a sequel and that she's available. Oh my God. I mean, they it just works. have to get Lisa. Because <laughs> this movie is a lot about nostalgia yeah. before right. the trend of nostalgia. And that's the thing now. It has been a thing for years at this point, but it's yeah. not fading. Yeah. And I don't think it's going to either. No. But. Uh, I think it's time for quotes, 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 oh. and I know there's a lot. <laughs> I didn't get to. T- I kept waiting for the best moment to talk about the thing. It's been an hour. We've been talking for an hour. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm just gonna talk about the fashion really fucking fast. <laughs> okay. <laughs> fashion minute. Mona May was the uh, costume designer for this film, and she also did Clueless and a whole bunch of other huge things in the '90s. She's amazing fashion, and she a fashion person, fashionista, <laughs> costumer, and. That it's such a character in this film, especially like with Alan, with uh, Sandy Frink's character coming out of the helicopter. The first thing we see is his shoes, and they are like a shoes. special kind of They're rubber. They're special yeah. kind yeah. of rubber. <laughs> like you know, that took him a long time to choose those shoes. Yeah. And his entire getup with his vest that has gold bees on it, that's like the symbol of the Medici, like wealth. And in the dream sequence, all the color palette for all their outfits is still very 1980s with all of the pastel and everything. And then we get flipped to the 90s and then it's very like beige and dark tones. Like the, the costumes in this movie are a character of all their own and so much thought went into them and she's an amazing costume d- designer. And well, and the, clo- the clothes have a story too, right? Because, they work into yeah. the story so well. Well, because at the beginning, they're very offbeat and, and all their stuff is like mismatched and all that kind of thing. And then when they they decide they need to be more professional, they're wearing all black lady blazers. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's so much emphasis on their boobs all the time, yeah. even as professional women. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's just a society thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, but, like 
but but I mean, even with the fashion in this, like you see so much in the details, like that entire mm-hmm. scene where they're like going and seeing like all of these women that tormented them in high school. Each of those women matches the cocktail that they're holding. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. So like good. the beginning titles of this film are the actual costumes the ladies are wearing. Mm-hmm. And like and I was reading that a lot of the costumes that Romy Michelle were sorry, uh, a lot of the question, a lot of the costumes that Romy Michelle are wearing are things that they use in the actual stage play. So it's like you look at all of the details in this and it's just like, it's such a love fest and like, ah, I just, I love it. (laughs) I'm glad Sean's a fan. (laughs) I noticed they were wearing clothes. (laughs) And I also really like her Star Trek dress at the end there. Yeah. Yeah. I'm done now. I I can't argue with anything you're saying. It all, it all looked good. I I just don't know anything about it. (laughs) Uh, Okay. So now it's time for quotes, 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 quotes. I, I'm going to go first because I know for a fact, well, not maybe for a fact, but I'm pretty sure nobody has mine. For We're recording two episodes today. I went for two very random lines because <laughs> I think that's more fun. Um, and this one comes from when Romy needs to get the car to go to the reunion. <laughs> so she's going to fake having sex with the guy who's owning the car. And they keep going back and forth, back and forth. And then he comes up with a line about his dick. And she doesn't want to say it. And he goes, well, you got to say something nice about my penis. <laughs> it cracked me up. Since I was a child, <laughs> he's so angry about her saying something nice about yeah. his dick. It's so good. That's a great scene. We didn't even yeah. talk about that. Yeah. It's a, a very good moment. I am Columbus, and you are America. <laughs> Discover me, Ramon. Discover, Discover me. There you go. All right, I'm done. Get off me now. <laughs> There's some really good moments in this movie. It All just right. doesn't work that I'll well. I'll just jump on it. Goal. I've got one on deck. Go for it. Um, would you excuse me? I cut my foot before and my <laughs> shoe is filling with blood. <laughs> and then she hobbles away. <laughs> I wasn't expecting to laugh as loud as I did. When I know, me neither. And it's her delivery. Every ounce yeah. of it is her delivery. Yep. Like, yeah, I really want to use that next time I'm in I know. the club. Like, even, <laughs> even I was thinking when he said the suit salesman, I was like, ugh. And, she, <laughs> <laughs> and she just does what I'm thinking on screen. I was like, okay. <laughs> There's something about the honesty of how offbeat, like, like the worst excuse to get away from a guy. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> It's always been one of my favorites. Her little limp walking away. Uh, my favorite quote in the movie, though, is uh, from Heather. And uh, where'd it go? All right. So it's from Heather. Like, I hurt your feelings. Yeah, all the time. Tremendous. That's <laughs> tremendous. <laughs> go get your stupid yearbook. I would happy to sign it. Like, I love that moment. Like, she's just so happy. Her she smile did. is everything in that moment. Yeah. Just, so much glee that she ruined someone's life. She's like, life. I was a bully. I'm so happy about that. <laughs> so one of my, like, okay, so I picked this quote because I, of course, I'm a scientist and all that. But, um, you know, it's just this exchange. Everything in this is all about the dialogue where you just have Michelle saying, okay, well, actually, I invented a special kind of glue. <laughs> And her antagonist in the film goes, oh, really? Well, then I'm sure you wouldn't mind giving us a detailed account of exactly how you concocted the miracle glue, would you? (laughs) And Michelle goes, no. um, Well, ordinarily, you would make glue first, and then you need to thermoset your resin. And then after it cools, you have to mix in an epoxide, which is really just a fancy schmancy name for any simple oxygenated adhesive, right? Which is true. (laughs) And then... Oh, I I figured this whole thing was true. Mostly it. it is. 
And then I thought maybe, just maybe, you could raise the viscosity by adding a complex glucose derivative during the emulsification process. And it turns out I was right. <laughs> and I just like, ever, when she just started with that, I, I lost it. I couldn't stop laughing and I rewound it because I was like, I need to write this down. <laughs> what on earth is happening? It's and amazing. then later when she's like, I can't believe I knew the formula for glue in my right? <laughs> <laughs> Like It's phenomenal. Love it. We got two left, right? All right. I've got one. And it's when they're looking at the yearbook and they have that picture of them together in the yearbook. <laughs> and then it goes into the whole thing about Denny Weller <laughs> trying to be behind them. And so they're laughing. Oh, my God. We turned the sprinklers on him. And then just like, didn't he die? <laughs> <laughs> I think so. And then the moment just dies. I'm like, <laughs> I also unexpectedly laugh louder than I expected for that. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I have many, as you can I, tell. I would guess, yeah. Just go re-watch this, re-listen re to this episode. But I think the one that, to me, that just speaks so much of their friendship is something that you say to another girlfriend uh, that you know is a blatant lie, but you say it because you care about them, and that's, uh, you look so good with blonde hair and black roots, it's, like, not even funny. Because <laughs> nobody looks good with blonde hair and black roots. It's totally funny. I think I pulled it off very well. Thank you very much. <laughs> Uh, okay, so time for a review system. I think it's going to be simple, but we'll find out. Movies that take place in high school. Oh. I'm going to go first. Uh, Fast Times at Richmond High. Uh, and I'm going with that. That's a way bigger compliment than I mean to give this movie because I love Fast Times at Richmond High. But uh, the main reason why I thought of it when I was coming up with this one is because it is such a movie that is stuck in its time and would never work nowadays like it just would never get made without the internet or with the internet that movie does not happen in any way shape or form and much like Romy michelle beyond that quality wise fast times is way better <laughs> <laughs> that's my personal opinion next i got one i'll do uh napoleon dynamite oh that's a good mm. one it's uh got some quirky things that i enjoy but it also feels stuck in a time like you said it feels stuck in a time and there's no advancement from it like they learn, you know, they, there's like this it's kind of a capsule moment. Sure, yeah. And um, it also has some kind of quirky, funny things that I really enjoyed from both of those. I always feel with Napoleon Dynamite, it's more stuck in a location than a time. But but it does feel of a, like a location of a time. Like I, I was yeah, taken sure, back to sure. high school in the same way that like with this, I'm like, oh, I'm, get, I'm getting taken, I'm going back in time. Yeah, like it, yeah. it does take me back in time, even if it's closer to the present. Yeah. Which I found kind of interesting. And uh, it also has uh, divisive reactions depending on if you saw it when it came out. Versus yeah. now, so there's a, there's a there's a disconnect between yeah. the people who don't get the movie and the people who really do. So yeah, that works. I'm gonna go with Mean Girls, oh, super quotable <laughs> high school movie. Uh, I, I, I'm totally stealing yours. I'm very stuck in its time too. Yep. I'm gonna uh, go. Yeah, go we're gonna talk. Nope. Sorry, I'm gonna go with what I consider this movie's sister film, Clueless. Yep, that's a good one. Because yep. they pair really well together. Uh, it's very like again stuck in its time very airheady very ditzy blonde but coming to realizations about you know furthering their lives um, even though honestly I would probably watch this one more on repeat yeah. I don't know why honestly so would I and I don't really like either one of them but I'd go I, for this one before oh, I thought you liked Clueless no nah, after rewatching it I think it was like a few months ago I'm like no I don't think I like this movie at all oh. so I keep changing my mind in movies this year it's just huh. that kind of year 
You guys cannot say stuck in its time. Just so you know, <laughs> if either one of you say it, I will never invite you back. That's so, not true at all. I'm then. sorry. <laughs> That's all good. What if they want that? <laughs> so Romeo and Juliet. How about how about the classic Matt Damon, Greg Kinnear movie, Stuck on You? <laughs> <laughs> That'll work. All right. If that took place in high school, I know parts of it. Parts do. of it do. Parts I know, of it do. I know. I've seen it. I'm sorry. So the high school film that comes to mind for me would be Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Oh, that's a great one. There you go, yeah. The biggest reason for that is I think it's entirely an airhead buddy love fest. And the other part of it, I think, is because it's not stuck in its time. (laughs) You still said it. You can never come back. (laughs) (laughs) Sad. (laughs) And I'm going to go with a more recent film called The To-Do List with uh, Aubrey Plaza. Um, And it is a movie that 90% of the reason why it works is because they set it in 1993. Um, So it's not it's a more recent movie, but they shoved it back to its time. Um, And like she has she has to like look up rim job in a dictionary. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's very iconic and has a great cast. If you've never seen it, like Donald Glover and Christmas Plus. And uh, yeah, it's really funny. I almost went for uh, Perks of Being a Wallflower, much because like the to do list, they said it back like 10 years and that's Mm -hmm. how it worked. Yeah. Yeah. It's a clever thing to do. To make I mean, work. like Chewie was saying earlier, there's something about like high school before 2001 that like will be totally different than mm-hmm. the, yeah. the upcoming generation. Things were just so optimistic. Back yeah. Then. <laughs> optimistic and just different. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that's it. So I think we should do a quick round of plugs. Um, I think Chewie and Michelle have the same thing to plug. No, Chewie is a book fair. Oh, that, uh, that too. Or our fair. Our fair. Our fair. I did not write a book. <laughs> yeah, we did that last week. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, you can make a book of photography. Oh, there you go. You could do a book. <laughs> you need to take yeah. some more but, photos. So we have, we have an art fair. It's what? It's in Burbank. It's uh, this next weekend, the 30th and the 1st, I believe. Oh, whatever. Sure. <laughs> whatever three days from now, or yeah. two days. Tomorrow's Friday. It'll be the 29th, 30th. There it is. Those are dates. (laughs) Either way, it's in Burbank. It's on San Fernando. And if you go to Fuddruckers, you might see uh, Jeff Garland. It's a joke for nobody. Yeah, (laughs) pretty much. We saw Jeff Garland, and he kept talking about how much, how cool Fuddruckers is. Was he eating some frings? I wish. (laughs) He was more so just bitching about having to come to Burbank to do a show. He's like, who goes to Burbank? (laughs) What's in Burbank? He does weekly. We do. We live there. Uh, and then you have <laughs> Drunk History. Well, Drunk History will not be airing until uh, later it's this usually year. Usually in the fall, right? So, yeah. So we, uh, I have nothing really to plug. Just uh, stay tuned for Drunk stay History. Stay tuned for you Drunk can, History. <laughs> you can go in the Comedy Central app and watch the old episodes. Yes, yeah, yeah. yes, correct. Which is how I watch it. Season four was the four, the one where I met Michelle, and yes. it was a very good experience. And it got me a discounted night on the Queen Mary, which was <laughs> awesome. <laughs> uh, Sean, do you have anything to plug? I don't. Um, actually, well, uh, not really. I mean, but I, I will say that it's lovely outside because it's sunny and it did recently rain. So go hiking, go check out Los Angeles. If you're in Los Angeles, if you're not in Los Angeles, fly to Los Angeles. Go and check, check out, out Venice everything. where you could yeah. see the exact building that they lived in. Do you know how much there. money that penthouse would have been so on much. Venice Pier? It's actually a hotel now. Yeah. <laughs> so You could Venice. stay in the same room. Yes. I like that Sean's plug is Los Angeles. <laughs> That's the first time anyone's ever plugged the city we live in. <laughs> Like an Arnold Schwarzenegger commercial. Yeah. Come to California. <laughs> California. We have uh, awesome Pokemon. Pokemon Go. Just saying. We do. Yeah, no, it is pretty good out here. So you can find us on ATHpod.com where you can find all of our new articles, including uh, Celluladies uh, featuring Emmy Blake. And we have the Comic-Con article, which I still don't know the name of it, from Chris Ortiz. And then we have A Hype to Remember, which is our 
semi-weekly-ish thing where we talk about old trailers that get us excited. We talk about how that made us feel. Uh, Especially Brian's most recent one where he goes off the rails. He goes yeah. a little fast and furious with it. <laughs> you'll, you'll see. I, I still really enjoyed writing that one. I'm going to do another one at some point. I'll probably go just as crazy with yeah. it. It's fun to do. Um, and then you can find us on Twitter, ATH underscore podcast. Everywhere else in the world at ATH podcast. Uh, rate and review us on iTunes. I'm missing something, I'm sure. Email us if you want to at atspodcast at gmail.com. Just listen. Thanks for listening. Yeah, yeah thank for you listening. for listening if you made it this far. Yeah, so I will say this. I know there's a million movie podcasts out there. We thank you for listening to this one. Bye! Bye. Bye. Watch Bye. out, Tucson! Bye. <laughs>